Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Later in the show, we're going to talk about what is going on with North Korea, what is going on between the United States and North Korea. Uh, Very aggressive nuclear test over the 4th of July holiday has lots of people on edge about what that relationship looks like now and what it may look like soon. Are we going to have to engage North Korea in a different way than we have so far? Are we going to have to contemplate the idea of a conflict with North Korea? We're going to talk with a couple experts about that. We'll also give you a chance as the listeners to participate in that conversation at 313-577-1019. That'll take place uh, beginning at about half past the hour. But first, this week, Volvo announced that its line of cars is going to be all electric or hybrid electric in just two years. Either way, the automaker is betting on the death of the conventional combustion engine in the long run. Volvo is the first major automaker to join the electric car company Tesla in its pursuit of a cleaner line of cars. And Tesla surpassed Ford and GM in market value this year. There's no denying that the industry, as with many industries in the world, uh, is changing dramatically, in part as a response to climate change and other global forces. What will the auto industry and the cars we drive and the roads we travel, what are they going to look like in five or ten years? The Volvo announcement, I think, changes the way we all ought to be thinking about transportation. Joining me now to talk about what Volvo says it's going to do and what effect it's going to have on us as consumers and on the auto industry is Paul Eisenstein. He's the publisher of the DetroitBureau.com. Paul, welcome to Detroit Today. Good to be with you, Stephen. Yes. Uh, I, I'm glad to talk to you about uh, this because I think you're, uh, hands down, one of the people who follows this stuff much more closely than than anyone else. First, talk about what Volvo is going to do, and then talk about sort of how different that is than the way all of the other conventional automakers are approaching this issue. I'm glad you said conventional because, boy, I'll tell you what, it does get confusing trying to figure out what everybody's doing. (laughs) And that starts with what Volvo has in mind. Uh, I've seen some headlines that have... uh, uh, shall we say, overplayed a couple of the comments that were made uh, by Volvo itself, uh, made it sound like they were going to ditch the internal combustion engine. Uh-huh. Uh, they are going all electric, but they're also going to keep the gas engine around. It's gonna, uh, and it's going to be in some of these electric cars, the hybrid. Right. Uh, the term that a lot of us prefer to use these days is electrified. Okay. It's it's not pretty, but it's it's a good way of explaining <laughs> it because as we move forward, we're going to see a lot of variations in how you put battery power into a vehicle. There are things as simple as micro hybrids. Uh, a lot of people who are listening, if they've bought cars in the last couple of years, have what's called stop start. The engine can shut off at a stoplight to yes. save fuel while idling, and then start up automatically when you when the light changes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have micro-hybrids. You have conventional hybrids like the Toyota Prius. You have plug-ins like the Chevrolet Volt with a V. Mm-hmm. And then you, have pure, uh, then you have pure battery electric vehicles, or BEVs as a lot of people call them, like the Chevrolet Bolt or the new Tesla Model 3, which they say they're going to put into production this week. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Volvo already has a plug-in. And it's, believe it or not, their fastest most powerful engine. 
So that's another thing we can talk about right. is how electric motors are changing in what people think. You know, they used to be people would think that, oh, God, it's a hybrid or it's an electric car. It's going to be slow and Not boring. Not going to have any pickup, right? Right. And as, t- as, as Volvo was showing, uh, you can get a lot of performance out of a hybrid or, in this case, plug-in hybrid, what they call their T8 twin engine. So going forward, to, to wrap this up, they are going to have at least three different types of electrified powertrains. There'll be conventional gas-electric hybrids, like the Toyota Prius. Mm-hmm. There will be plug-in hybrids that can operate for some distance, maybe 30, 40, 50 miles, in pure electric mode, and then the gas engine kicks in, like the Chevrolet Volt. And then they'll have pure battery electric vehicles, like the Tesla Model 3 or Model S or mm-hmm. the uh, Chevrolet Bolt EV. Yeah. So so then is what Volvo's saying uh, that, uh, well, I guess, the, the question is what's revolutionary about it then? Uh, it is the first mainstream automaker that is going to a, to a, lay, uh, to a strategy that has every single vehicle using some form of electrification. Okay. There will be no engine uh, starting in 2019 with the launch of three new models. Uh, there will be no engines in those, and as they move along in any other product that they redo, mm-hmm. no engine will be gas or diesel only. Right. They will all be some form of electrified. And, and that puts it in a category that is a little more similar, right, to Tesla than to the more conventional automakers. It moves it more into that category. Yeah, it does uh, definitely move more into the direction of what the uh, what Tesla is doing. But again, they'll still have gas engines. They are not ditching gas engines entirely. They will still have them in a lot of their vehicles, probably more than half. Though, as we get into the mid-2020s, uh, as, as electric power improves and the battery prices are falling, uh-huh. batteries themselves are getting more powerful, smaller, lighter. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if by 2025 that we start seeing perhaps even half of their vehicles being pure battery electric, all electric. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's where a lot of people are starting to believe we're going. It, it's an if-come, you know. This is a bet that Vegas would probably take because it really does depend on a lot of developments with batteries, uh, the development of an infrastructure for charging, and people getting comfortable with it. Now, one of the good things I mentioned before is that new electric vehicles are getting quick. The reality is that the Tesla Model S with so-called ludicrous mode uh-huh. <laughs> is roughly as fast as that very, very highly touted Dodge Challenger Demon. Yeah. We're talking 2.3 seconds, 0 to 60, out of an electric vehicle. And there are some people, with like Lucid Air and Faraday Future, all these new startups making electrics, that are talking about getting down almost to the two-second range. Wow. This is mind-boggling. That's the sort of launch acceleration that you feel launching off an aircraft carrier. Right. right. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Paul Eisenstein. He's the publisher of the DetroitBureau.com. We're talking about the announcement by Volvo yesterday that uh, all of its 2019 vehicles will be electric or electric hybrid cars, all of them. Uh, this moves 
Volvo out front, I think, of the discussion about uh, electric vehicles, about different kinds of energy for vehicles. It also moves it a little closer to companies like Tesla, which are making all electric vehicles. What does that mean for the U.S. auto market? What does that mean for U.S. automakers? Does this put more pressure on them to think more creatively about their lineups? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. What do you think about the idea of electric vehicles? Are you driving one now? Are you excited about the idea that you will have more choice in that arena soon? Uh, or are you a little skeptical about the idea of electric vehicles? Like the old internal combustion engine that we've relied on for nearly a century now. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. We'll work your comments uh, into the conversation. Uh, Paul, I want to ask you about Volvo's ownership uh, and the place that it sees its growth coming in the next few uh. years. I think this has something to do with this, it's not as much about the United States as we might think that uh, that it does. Oh boy, you want me to get off a little bit on the <laughs> subject of Donald Trump? <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> well, you know, there's a lot of people that question whether uh, he's seeding leadership in some areas around the world, and probably automotive technology may be one of them. Now, maybe you like the idea that he's uh, pulling the plug, pardon me, on alternate power and letting other countries worry about it. Mm -hmm. The reality is, uh, more and more, we could be in a situation, especially if the EPA rolls back the uh, corporate average fuel economy numbers, the CAFE numbers, mm -hmm. that the Obama administration had put in. Remember, 54.5 miles a gallon yes. by 2025. Uh, the Trump administration, in one of those very early uh, flurry of exec orders, uh, said they were going to reconsider this. Well, you know what's funny? Except for a couple domestic automakers that were waving their hands, begging for this rollback. Sure. Most of the automakers around the world have said, we don't care. We're not changing our plans. We may change our model mix. If, you know, if, if they roll it back, we might be able to sell more gas-powered trucks. But they're not changing the strategy. The reality is, to your point, Stephen, the people taking charge when it comes to alternate power are Europe and China. Japan and, underscore this one, China. China. China is now the number one market for electrified vehicles in the world, uh, in fact, number one for all plug-based vehicles, plug-in hybrids and pure battery electric, uh, and they want to be even more so. Uh, you may have caught the news uh, yesterday that Daimler, along with its partner BAIC, will invest a, just short of three-quarters of a billion dollars mm -hmm. in China on a new battery plant and to update one of their Beijing Benz factories to produce more electric vehicles over there. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's critical. Remember, and I, I, we probably should get into that, you, you mentioned the ownership of, of yeah, uh, the, Volvo. Volvo's owned by a Chinese firm, correct? Yeah. Uh, Geely, or Zhejiang Geely, which is uh, in Sichuan, and they are very aggressive. They just bought Lotus and Proton. They also have two Chinese brands, Geely and Link and Co., which a lot of people confuse with Lincoln. Um, and they want to bring the Lincoln co-models to the United States, probably starting with some electrified SUVs, 
in the not-too-distant future. Yeah. And by the way, uh, a little sidebar to this, a very interesting move yesterday uh, that got revealed. Uh, the folks at Geely bought another American transportation company, this one, an outfit called Terrafugia, that is working up uh, what could become the world's first flying car. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, you can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter, and hashtag Detroit Today will work you into the conversation. Let's go to Pat in Detroit. Pat, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi. Hi. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just wondering what the cost of plugging in the car is. I mean, do you plug it in at night? No one ever talks about like electricity bill. I'm kind of curious about that. <laughs> That's a great question, Pat. If you don't own an electric car, I guess you don't know uh, what those costs look like. If if I've got a plug in my car every night, uh, does that make my electric bill look like the give the bill that I would use for fuel for my car? That, it's a good question, and and the question is, it depends. Or the answer, I should say, is it depends. Uh, the good part is most electric energy providers have uh, special rates uh, that, they, that they offer, especially for those who are willing to get a separate meter for uh, their electric chargers. And typically, if you're going to get one of these vehicles, you want to get a 220-volt charger. Prices on those have fallen sharply, sometimes less than 1000 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what happens is they speed up the charging process. So instead of taking 24 hours, you might get down to three or four. Uh, in in those cases where you have these electro you have these uh, interruptible rates uh, and you're charging overnight, your rate may be as little as two cents a kilowatt hour, uh-huh. as opposed to eleven or so uh, for the stuff, the energy you use in your home during the the regular day. So uh, that price is so low that to fully charge up, say, a Tesla Model Three would cost you about a dollar twenty. Uh, for 200-something miles. Now, even if you had a really efficient gas car, it would probably cost you 20, uh, 10 to 20 bucks to go the same distance. So uh, using that overnight charge with an interruptible system is very, very cheap. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of public chargers for free, uh, and now there are more and more of these fast chargers. Tesla is offering... Uh, well, they have different rates depending on which model uh, with their so-called supercharger that can give you a nearly full top-off on a vehicle in as little as 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, Some of the more expensive models, it's free. Uh, They're going to charge with a Model 3, but it'll still be cheap, much cheaper than gas. And there are a lot of other companies that are popping up around the country that are putting up public chargers, and they will still be significantly cheaper mile per mile than what you would pay to drive the same car, or comparable vehicle using gasoline. With gas, yeah. Uh, sort of related question here from Tim uh, in Bagley. Tim, go ahead. I agree with uh, much of what your guest is saying. Uh, as far as Tesla is concerned, I've talked to their reps, and they even offer a more elaborate charging system, of which is based on solar. You can bury it. It has a, a larger battery underground mm-hmm. and for those who want to charge constantly and free. They offer that option as well. All of those who have Prius and Teslas have told me that they get some type of subsidy from uh, their company, or I guess DTE in the Michigan area. So that kind of helps too. And of course, hearing about the fast charges are good. But going back to what your guest originally said, Japan and Europe, high population density, small amount of space, they would be the ones to take the charge 
in making not only smaller cars but electric power. Sure. Mm-hmm. Here is the rub on the whole entire situation. We dare say, yes, that's the right step in the right direction. Let's reduce our carbon footprint. How much more oil is in the ground? Yes. But if I'm concerned about making a carbon imprint, what kind of radioactive byproduct um, imprint are we going to make? Because all this electricity comes from all of these ridiculously powered and located nuclear power plants. We keep putting more demand on them. We keep getting more of those things. We keep saying they are not structurally sound. We keep saying they're open and vulnerable to Mm. terrorist attacks. And even if those weren't to be two issues, we've got now to understand that we're taking this material in excess, this radioactive pile that's got half-lives of millions of years, and putting them underground in salt mines. And we kind of think, well, out of mind, out of sight, it's not going to hurt us. We don't know what the hell that is, just like the tobacco company. Never did any extensive experiments on inhaling a cigarette with pesticides, germicides, lasting agents, in a 200 um, Fahrenheit filter, but yet they just say tobacco by itself is wrong. So let me cut in if I can. Tim, thank you very uh, much for the call. Go ahead, Paul. Certainly, nuclear is a controversial subject when it comes to uh, improving or increasing, I should say, our energy supply in the United States. And, and that is a question. Where are we going to get all the power to charge up all these electric vehicles? This is a, another one of those questions that uh, isn't easy to answer. The, the traditional answer that people will give you about powering up electric vehicles is that since it will be so inexpensive to charge your car up overnight, they expect that the vast majority of electric vehicle buyers will use interruptible power supplies at night when virtually every utility in the United States has an excess of supply. Right. And therefore, you're not putting any additional demand on the market. And that's true. If you're spending only a dollar twenty to go two hundred plus miles, uh, you know it costs you a buck twenty to, if you will, refill your battery. Uh, there's strong incentive for people to go with overnight charging. Sure. Now, as electric vehicles become more mainstream and they have longer range, but that means people will start to use them on longer trips and so on. Uh, I think you're also going to start seeing more and more people charging, whether at work, when they're at stores, or when they're driving long distances. That will increase the number, well, the demand during the daytime. So I think I, I think that we will see these vehicles increase electric demand all hours of the day, yeah. and not just at home on these interruptible systems. Uh, and that that leads us to the next question: Where where are we going to get the energy? To back to Tim's question. And, and are we going to go nuclear? Are we going to go solar, wind, wave, or what have you? That raises a lot of issues that we need to have a reasonable discussion about as a society and with our government. Yeah. Uh, let's, go to, uh, let's go to Jeff in Bloomfield. Jeff, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, it's Jeff. Um, so I love these conversations. Uh, and they, they, they help you start looking deeper into the future. And... Um, I have a question and kind of a crystal ball observation or, or comment um, to go with it. So electric, electrified vehicles, um, 15 years ago, I think the average person like myself would look at it and go, yeah, right. <laughs> and now I think the, the, the category that falls under that is self-driving vehicles. So my question is, I would assume that a lot of these companies, in addition to pursuing electrified 
uh, technology across the board are also looking at self-driving vehicles. Is that true? Is it not true? Um, do you see that as, as part of the plan? And, and the crystal ball observation is, can you foresee, much like cities now have bikes across the city at different locations uh, where people can take one from point A to point B, community bike, can you see a place for, for small cars like that someday? Right. Right. Well, you just hit on so many critical issues. Yeah, thank let's, you, let's, thank let's, you, Jeff, for the call. Go yeah, ahead. thank go you, ahead, Jeff. Go. Let me let me go through a few of those, if I may, uh, Stephen. Okay, first of all, I think you're going to start seeing electric vehicles in this so-called car-sharing environment start to pop up all over the country. You're already seeing some. There are, in some areas, for example, uh, smart electric cars. Uh, smart, by the way, the, the little city car, uh, is shortly going to stop selling any internal combustion engine-powered vehicle. Uh, in the United States, it will only have ele- their electric models. And they're very big on, on ri- uh, car sharing. So that means we're going to see those vehicles in places like Austin, Texas, and Portland, and a number of other cities. They'll be all electric. Uh, the uh, let's see where can we go next? All right, let's yeah. talk about automation uh, and autonomous driving and full self-driving. Every automaker, every single automaker, including a lot of the new startups like Lucid and Faraday Future, and of course Tesla, is working on an automated or even fully driverless vehicle. Yes. That is going to become a norm. Uh, in fact, there are reasons why electric and autonomous work together. But I'll tell you something very interesting. There have been two studies that have come out since the beginning of the year which either are going to frighten you or inspire you, depending on your viewpoint. Boston Consulting Group and another outfit called Rethink X, a consulting firm, have said that by 2030, they expect a significant amount of the miles that we as Americans clock behind the wheel or in a car to be clocked in, ready for this, mm-hmm. autonomous, fully autonomous, as in self-driving vehicles, no driver behind the wheel at all, self-driving, ride-sharing electric vehicles. Huh. Wow. Okay, so that might be Uber or Get or Lyft or any of the other ones that are starting. They'll be electric, they will be driverless, and they will be ride-share. Now, Boston Consulting Group said 30% of the miles that we clock by 2030 will be in those vehicles. You ready for this? Rethink X is estimating it'll be as much as 95%. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, you know, when you think about what is possible, what is coming, and how soon it might be coming, it sort of it spins your head a little bit. Uh, it, it really does. I'll tell you what, I was thinking about this the other day as I look at my daily list of stories. We try to have a, about a half dozen stories on the site. Uh, I have a bunch of contributors. I do a fair, fair bit myself of, this, of our postings. And the number of stories I do today on all these trends, sharing, whether ride or car sharing, autonomous or driverless, and electrified, uh, is now probably 40 to 50%. Some days it's the entire story manifest. Yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. All right, Paul Eisenstein, publisher of the DetroitBureau.com. As always, a pleasure to have you to talk about these issues on Detroit Today.
Great to be with you, Stephen. Catch up to you soon. Up next, we're going to talk about the escalating situation with North Korea. Do you think we're headed for another armed conflict around the globe? Stay with us on Detroit Today. We'll be right back. 